you're listening to Scarabay Community Radio coming to you live from Canucknagwehead Tulla. That was the Freeborn Man by the Burn Sisters. Lovely music there. And uh, from my introduction, speaking of the Kilfenora Kaylee Band earlier, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined live on Scarabay Community Radio by Gary Shannon, flute player with the renowned Kaylee Band, who has a very who has had a very successful and eventful music life. From the age of 15, he's been heavily involved in traditional Irish music, winning the All-Ireland Flat in 1988, and since then has recorded many albums and achieved so much more. And he's here to tell us all about this as well. So, Gary, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it's great to be here. Delighted. Here in Canucknagoyha again. I'm I'm delighted to have my Second favorite my favorite flute teacher here in here in 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 uh, in in, in, in Canucknagoyha this oh, morning. Oh, that's great place for my favorite <laughs> flute pupil indeed. <laughs> uh, listen, Gary, we'll we'll get started because um, we we time is quickly moving on. Um, can we talk about your background in, in your early life uh, during your childhood? Um, tell us how you got involved into traditionalized music. Was it was it influenced from your parents? It was. They they didn't play music themselves. Um, they were good singers though, weren't they? They sang, a, well actually they sang all the time, mm. yes. Uh, they wouldn't have been good singers, but uh, it was song all the time in the house when we were growing up. Uh, they'd sing while they worked and they'd sing while they drove and so on and so forth. We didn't understand that that was quite unusual. We yeah. thought it was yeah. similar in every house. We took it for granted. And I think that gave us a, a, a kind of a basic subliminal understanding of how music worked. Know, and um, in about 73 or 74, my father brought me to um, music classes in the Chakyol in Corrafin. There was a new cultist branch there and things took off from there then. And my sisters followed in the years afterwards and we were just on tin whistles for a number of years and eventually we moved on to the other instruments. So what age then did you start playing the tin whistle? Uh, that would have been, I'd say, about 10 Ten years old, maybe. Yeah. Ten years old. Yeah. 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 Um, see, people didn't start as early that time. Right. You know? Right. Whereas now it's totally different, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah. You'd you'd still need to be about seven before you'd start tin whistle. To be right. Honest, right. Fingers. Right. You can't really get around to the holes. Yes. And uh, there was something that uh, that I came across um, uh, when I was researching you. Um, your mother went back to work towards the end of your primary school education, and. Uh, this meant that with the extra bit of money, um, the earliest purchases to arrive in, in the family home uh, was a record player and a cassette recorder, a big deal at the time, I've no doubt. Uh, can you remember this time vividly? I do. Yeah, I yeah. remember it very well. I remember when she was looking to go back to work and my father sceptical about it, you know, um, aren't, you, aren't we doing okay? Yeah, yeah, but I yeah. think she just wanted a little bit of independence. It, it wasn't about necessarily having more disposable income. And... Uh, she stayed working for another, she, uh, she stayed working at Lady 7. Uh, she was working on the Gart Road for a company called Inland Motor. They were bought out by some other code afterwards. But anyway, one of the first purchases, yes, was a small tape recorder and uh, record player. And the first records were uh, the Kilfenora and the Tulla and uh, Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dream coat. <laughs> <laughs> so all that music that you would have heard uh, in your childhood would have been a big influence influence on you in terms of getting into traditionalised music more? For sure, yeah. Um, yeah. First of all, those classes in Corrafin, uh, John Burt, who used to play with the old Kilfenora, and Tom Barrett, originally from Cork, I think, or Tipperary, he had both connections in both places, and then Tony and Anne in a few years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, we had other influences as well. You know, uh, we went very often um, to a weekly Cayley uh, that was organised by Frank Custy in Tula for teenagers 
and teenagers and their parents would all socialize together and dance and play and sing. It was kind of a mix and gather of a Cayley concert and uh, session yes. every Friday night. We really enjoyed that. You know, It was an opportunity to ming mingle with the opposite sex and uh, we were... Um, you know, we had a, a big social circle because of it. Yes, so that yes. Was definitely part of what uh, helped us along the musical way as well. So, um, you mentioned there, Gary, that you know you started playing music at the age of ten, mm. um, around that. But when did it really? When did your music career or music um experience really start off for you? Well, I went into Saint Flannan's College uh, it, at the age of twelve or thirteen, and whilst there, um, a few months in. Um, I got a knock on the door, uh, well, there was a knock on the door of the classroom and Father Joe McMahon, who's now PP in Scarif, called me out and he said, I hear you can sing. And this was a bit of a disappointment for me because I, I had eyes on being in the Cayley Band, which was doing really well at the time, you know, so um, I had hoped that he would want me as a musician, but no, he wanted me to sing at the Christmas concert um, with the band, so I sung some bit of a um, Kamalia anyway, um, and the band young lads were there listening to me and of course it was a highly inappropriate song but I didn't realise that at the time <laughs> and uh, he didn't he was really inscrutable he never changed expression but he went out and got the uh, principal to come in and uh, the, I, I sang the same ridiculous song again for the principal he went, where did you get that whole come on yeah he said you know and um, Joe kicked him in the ankle and Joe had he was channeling his inner Louis Walsh <laughs> <laughs> and I was put up on the stage to sing this song anyway and all the amount of nicknames I got for years afterwards because of it um, so I did get co-opted into the band after that and that really was when uh, music became not just something you did in classes but it was part of my social life we um, were brought by Father Joe to concerts all over the county and to Flaz uh, where yes, we with the St. Flannan's Cayley Band St. Flannan's Cayley Band yeah, 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 and yeah. Um, and we had great times. And then... Um, oh, actually, sorry, by the way, what were, we're just speaking of the, the St. Flannan's Cayley Band. What were your highlights over the years with the band? Visits to, first of all, those concerts uh, out over Clare where we um, had the experience of, we, we thought we were rock stars. Like, we were playing at these concerts and we'd be meeting other bands with uh, other teenagers in them. And, and, of course, we'd be admiring the girls that would be in the bands as well and, um, and you know, establishing... Uh, network of um, other musicians so that was one thing and then going to the Flaz of course and you know we were reasonably successful in the Flaz remember we won in All-Ireland in uh, Bodcrana in That's 1979 right. and on the way home yeah. um, Mountbatten was killed and uh, we were stopped and the band, uh, bus was emptied Father Joe driving it and uh, uh, everything was searched and you know they sent us on our way again oh, wow. and uh, uh, of course, the main highlight then was at just at the very end of my time in Fannin's, um Father Joe and Tim Ryan decided they'd make a, an album to mark the centenary of the college and to, I suppose, document the musicians that had passed through in the previous few years. And so we had the experience of going to Windmill Lane and Dublin. Yes, where you two recorded. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are very topical again now with their new show. In the now they haven't sphere. got a chance to go up there, didn't they? <laughs> but yeah, it was yeah. a marvellous um, yeah. um, experience to have played and, and recorded in Windmill Lane. And so the um, cassette anyway was uh, launched in um, 81. And incidentally, I recently, uh, back in January, 
uh, organized for it to be reissued because uh, otherwise uh, the cassettes were going to um, degrade, degrade and, yeah. and nobody would hear the music ever again. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. Uh, album was reissued back in 81. And just as an aside, uh, Dara, uh, in, the pr in the 40 years since then, an awful lot of musicians have musicians have passed through the college and so what we've decided is uh, to record an album which would feature as many of them as possible and that's being launched on the 28th of October in uh, Glore. Very good. So we're really right. looking forward to It's important to, to keep it up to, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so I think that... To secure the longevity, I suppose. It's just to, I think, um, uh, be there as a lasting testament to the uh, all the musicians who had passed yeah. through. Yeah, and yeah. So that... Not many of them are home, you know, just so that wouldn't they wouldn't be forgotten. You mentioned about Father Joe McMahon. Uh, Father Joe is, of course, uh, presents the traditional music program here in Scarabay Community Radio. And um, would it be fair to say that you owe a lot to Father Joe McMahon? For certain, he was very good to all of the musicians who passed through um, the bands uh, in, in in the college uh, during his time there. And um, of course, Father James Grace, who was in Killaloo, uh, came shortly afterwards, and he did continued a lot of. Of that work, and you, uh, would it be fair to say also that you wouldn't have got as much exposure in the traditional music scene if it weren't for Father Joe and Father uh, James? Did you say as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was after my time yeah. now, but yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, the amount of travelling we did with Joe and the amount of opportunities he presented us with, certain. And actually, some of the memories you you you've, you've written down here, some of the memories with Father Joe going to uh, concerts and trips wherever uh, you, you were in a blue Volkswagen van yeah when he'd when he when he to quote what you said when he'd bring us home at all hours of the night and and smoke fags and keep our parents up till one o'clock in the morning that's right uh, <laughs> I'd say my mother often got up when we'd arrive in at one o'clock in the morning to make tea <laughs> and uh, there'd be no home for Joe Joe would smoke and talk and tell stories and have a bit of crack and could be three o'clock before he'd leave yes. you know yes yeah. so leaving leaving aside the traditional music for a minute um you spent four years in UCG, which um, hoping to teach, of course, mm. um, many years ago. Um, you wanted to teach Irish, French, and English. Can you talk to me about your college experience? My college experience? Yeah. Well, it was, um, very fleeting. I don't remember as much as I should about my college right, experience. Okay, okay. Not, not because I was um, dabbling in drink or anything like that, but I, my, my social life when I was in college was mainly at home. I came home almost every weekend, and, and so... All my music was played in the weekends at home and my holidays were spent um, in Clare rather than in Galway as well. So Galway was just somewhere I went to go to lectures and to do the study for the exams. Yes. Do the exams yes. from home. Yes. And you're you're still teaching in Flannans, isn't that that's right? That's right, yeah, yeah, for the moment. For the moment, yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're set to retire. retire, yeah. That's right, I'm retiring on the 5th of November. Are you looking my last forward to it? will be the 27th of October. Am I looking forward to it? Yeah. Uh, not particularly, no. I, I think it's a bit early for me to retire. I think I'm fairly fit and so on and so forth and I could teach for another 10 years and I'm enjoying it and I love it. Mm. But I think that uh, if one is to have any hope of um, doing something different, uh, now is the time yes. to, to get to. out yes. yeah, and, and, and to try to do new things. More time for the music too as I well. I stayed at it like until I was 65 or 70. Well, that's it then, you know, you're... Um, if you look back over the previous 15 years, there's nothing that you did this year mm -hmm. that you didn't do 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's just a circular thing, mm -hmm. everything exactly the same. So it doesn't sound logical for me to to stay at it. Uh, I'd like to try 
other things, even if they were only to be at home, do a bit of farming, you know. Yes, yes, well, fair enough. Um, so, uh, going back to the traditional music again, um, you went to Scotland, um, <laughs> I, I'm afraid, I don't know how many years ago it was now, but during your trip to Scotland, you met a woman called Orla Niverin from Limerick, mm-hmm. who I know very well, she was my Irish dancing teacher. All right. And uh, soon afterwards, you collaborated an album with her called Lose the Head. Yeah. Um, tell me about that album, how it all came about. Right. Well, I, I met a lot of, I made a lot of friends on that trip to Scotland. Um, Tim Collins and um, Dennis Liddy and Con Herbert and oh, a lot of other people as well. Um, and we have stayed friends uh, all our lives. Um, the thing about Orla Nivrian was she was living in Limerick. And at that time I was teaching in Charleville. And so I passed through Limerick on my way to Charleville and I'd pass on the way back again. Sure, and yeah. I used to play... Um, at a place called Nancy Blake's in Limerick and she was involved in the same session so because of that I uh, got to know her better um, as a singer and it seemed to be a good fit that if I was to make an album um, somebody else would share the responsibilities of it and there were a lot of albums that had been made at the time it was the formula a musician would make an album and uh, they would be accompanied by somebody who could also sing mm-hmm. so you'd have like combining both song and music. So, and can I, can I talk about the process of making an album? Um, is it is it very difficult to do so? At that time, uh, the studio was that we used was um, run by Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen was um, a, a retired show band star. Uh, he was responsible for the song "Limerick, You're a Lady," which you possibly don't know about. Okay, uh, right. It was a huge hit yeah. in the uh, early eighties, I think, maybe late seventies, and. Uh, what it involves uh, to make an album still is you, you go to the studio and uh, um, if you're serious about it, you're doing a lot of rehearsal before you go and you do several takes and you get maybe a couple of tracks recorded um, in each session and that would maybe take three or four months and then you go back and you mix it and that might take another 20 or 30 studio hours and after that then it was even more complica- complicated because if you wanted to make um, a vinyl album and if you were taking yourself seriously, you had to bring out vinyl, not just cassette. They were only being pressed in London. So you had, you'd have to get it, send it to London to get it um, the mastering done. And uh, so the whole thing was costlier than it is now. Right, everything okay, has, right. has really been streamlined and, yeah. and is, is a good bit easier, even though... The, hour, the hours you spend would be nearly as much all right. Okay, okay. Um, so in October of 91, uh, this was a special month and year for you. Um, tell our listeners what happened and where it led you to. All right. Uh, October 91, I got married uh, to my wife, Anne, and uh, we went to Rome, and uh, it was a marvellous experience, and uh, we got a papal blessing. Uh, there were a number of other couples there as well, and... Uh, um, uh, we came home and had the celebration after we arrived back. So uh, our son, Killian, uh, who's a professional musician, he was born in 92, and uh, Saoirse in 93, and after that, uh, Dara in 98, and Anya in 2003. And they all play a bit of music, um, but uh, Killian would be the one who's most serious about it. And was this the same year that you joined the Kilfenora? Oh, is that what you meant? How could you forget, <laughs> Gary? How could you forget? That's what I meant. Uh, is it, really? Okay, well, yes, in 91. Now, thanks be to God, my wife took priority or she'd, talk, <laughs> she'd give out to me uh, on the way home. 
But uh, yeah, in 91, I got a call from John Lynch and uh, John said, um, would you be interested in joining the Kilfenora? Right. We want to compete. And um, I almost said no. I said, John, I don't think I'd be able to make all the practices because I'm living in Charleville and mm -hmm. you'll be practicing in Clare. But um, the temptation proved too strong and I can't believe how close I was to refusing something that has given me so much pleasure and satisfaction. I was just going to ask. Uh, over the years. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it was just on the, the knife edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were some of your highlights for the Kilfenora? There's been so many, you know. The main highlights for the Kilfenora are the, the, the joy and the fun and the crack mm. that we have together. The atmosphere, so, of course, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know you'd be expecting me to say that we played in such and such a place in New York or, you know, and, and those things happened all right. But, the most important thing about when we with the Kilfenora is the social aspect of it. Right, you know, you right. go and you'd be just absolutely, you'd have a stitch in your side laughing at, at the wit of, of, of some of them, particularly the girls, um, but the lads as well. You know, oh, we have such rollicking crack sometimes, you know. And then uh, the fact that it keeps us all playing, you know, we probably wouldn't be playing at a certain level were it not for the fact that we have to rehearse with the Gilfenora and be thinking and um, trying to imagine new arrangements of stuff and so on and so, on and so forth. Yeah. And uh, you were here last night, of course, um, with a, uh, doing a concert. A great atmosphere here last night. Um, everyone really enjoyed it. Full house. Uh, it was, yeah, it was marvellous. Um, we've never played in, uh, we've never played a concert in Tola before, but it's our first time playing uh, in Yes. And it's a yes. marvellous building, yes. beautiful facility, which I'm sure will serve the community for the next 100 years. Please and God, yes. Testament yes. to the persistence of the great Breda McNa uh, McNamara and uh, uh, all of the others on the committee who made it happen. And while we're on the topic of the Kilfenora Cayley Band, you're, you're heading to Kildare next weekend, is that right? We're going to play Cayley and Kill, yeah. Yes, Kildare, yeah. Mm. Um, have you other stuff coming up as well? You're talking to the wrong man now. Uh, John Lynch is always the, uh, the one who has the, the itinerary at the tip of his tongue. But we're in Drogheda the following weekend. And I'm not sure after that. We have a couple of concerts in Glore in January. And there's a good possibility we'll be going to Celtic Connections uh, in, I think that would be February. Okay. That's something that we've really wanted to do for years and years and years. It's in Scotland it happens. And it's a very high profile um, festival. And... Uh, we really would be delighted, but we haven't heard word as to whether that's going to happen or not. Finally, Gary, before we let you go, um, I know you said you're you're retiring now in a in a couple of weeks' time from teaching. What's next for you, Gary? Uh, where do you see yourself in the future in terms of your musical course and everything else in your personal life? Usually, uh, a person, yeah, I'd be expected to say I have X, Y, and Z planned, but I don't really, to you be honest. You take it, every no. day at a time, don't uh, you? Not normally, but no. but in relation to this retirement thing, I I, I haven't been too prescriptive about what I'm going to do afterwards. Yeah, to be honest, I know I'll be busy, all right. <laughs> People think you know, the, oh, what are you going to do when you retire? First of all, a big long holiday. No, I've no interest in that at all. Yeah, um, no, just, no. I'll just um, I'll be working on the farm. I've a few um, projects involved, all right. I've, um, Keep teaching flute lessons, of course. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm playing with the Kilfenora. Yeah. And uh, hopefully help John to do more with the Kilfenora and to um, maybe either record another new album or some sort of project anyway. The problem with the albums now is his DVDs, or sorry, CDs are, are dying. Yes, they're kind of old-fashioned now, really, so, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult yeah. to, what to, do, to know what to do yeah. next, but yeah. we'll definitely be doing something this coming year, yeah. Actually, didn't, just before I let you go as well, I just thought of it there, you said you had always an interest in, in media. 
Is yes. that something that you might pursue? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'd love that. I'd say I'll, yeah. I'll make 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 um I'll make a a few p companies production companies know that I'm available to present things. You know, either radio or TV. But no, that, that's only a long shot. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. nobody my age, nobody wants to be looking at me. Uh, well, you never know. You a, never know. Uh, a lively thirty something. You know, yeah, or twenty yeah. something. Well, Gary, or yourself in your teens, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one with the media career in front. Ah, uh, well, we we don't we won't get ahead of ourselves just yet. Um, listen, Gary, I want to thank you very much for coming down. You're uh, very this welcome, Gary. It's marvelous to be here, and it's my pleasure. No, thank you very much. It was in, in, great talking to you. And uh, until we chat again, many thanks for joining us. <laughs>